Our first bhajan is on page 187. Mere ji suno benati. O my giver, listen to my plea. After hearing, accept my plea. I make this request. Listen to my prayers. Listen to my prayers. May I not forget you ever. Take me to the shore, O giver. Take me to the shore. This honorless soul does not listen to the Bani. She does not listen to the Bani. She has become homeless. She is in your shelter. O giver, she is in your shelter. The negative power has laid the traps. He has laid the traps. The heart is terrified. Without you, who can remove the pain? O giver, without you, who can remove the pain? Becoming gracious, listen to my condition, Kirpalji. Give me the treasure of Nam and make me rich. Servant Ajayb prays. O giver, servant Ajayb prays. O my giver, listen to my plea. After hearing, accept my plea. Mere data ji suno benati. Mere data ji suno benati. Karo mane jude sune kehe benati. Karo mane jude sune kehe benati. Mere Oh, he hated 
O giver, I need no one except you. The world fights, but still does not become successful, no matter if they get millions or billions. O giver, whatever, O giver, wherever you send me, I go there. I always eat what you give. I am the puppet. In your hand is the string. I wandered in every corner. I got your radiance everywhere. I saw no one else except you. 
Wherever I go, I sing of you. I carry your message. You have installed the lock, and you yourself turned the key. Beautiful Emperor Kirpal has become gracious on Ajayb. May my love become like that of the moon and the moon bird. O oh, giver, I need no one except you. Menu tera bina kisadina lordatia. 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 Dunia chakate mulalende. Puri fera vina pendi. Dunia jagade mulalendi, puri fera vina pendi. Pave mila jaya lakta tekar ordatia, menu tere bina kisadina lordatia, menu tere bina kisadina lordatia. Yara mera hoje 
ਚੱਕਰ ਦਾਤਿਆ ਮੈਨੂੰ ਤੇਰੇ ਬਿਨਾ ਕਿਸੇ ਦਿਨ ਲੋਤਾ ਤਿਆ ਮੈਨੂੰ ਤੇਰੇ ਬਿਨਾ ਕਿਸੇ ਦਿਨ ਲੋਤਾ ਤਿਆ ਮੈਨੂੰ ਤੇਰੇ ਬਿਨਾ ਕਿਸੇ ਦਿਨ ਲੋਤਾ ਤਿਆ ਓ ਗਿਵਰ ਆਈ ਨੀਡ ਨੋ ਵਨ ਐਕਸੈਪਟ ਯੂ I have a couple of announcements before we begin hearing from some members of the group which returned um, just this week from Rajasthan. <clears throat> I think the actually the main announcement I have is that um Russell asked me to remind people that while he won't be talking this week, he usually talks the first or he does satsang the first Sunday of every month but because he was just with the group in India um that changed for March he will be talking next Sunday um and also this is more of an announcement for the tape circuit than for here but recently um the ashram or me or I personally we received some requests for initiation and I'd like to just put it out in the on the public record again that anyone interested in initiation um should contact Russell directly at his address in uh, in Antrim, New Hampshire. Now, a number of people from this sangat were in India in this group and three of them have asked or got in touch with me um about talking and I think if I think Mary asked, did you say okay? Mary and then Bob Schumacher and Rodocus and it's possible that after that there may be others who didn't speak to me. I'm going to talk but I got inspired so here I am. Sanji is uh in very good health and that's the main important thing to share. One of the satsangs about midway through he was having a difficult time uh talking, he was coughing a lot and everyone was kind of getting a little concerned. But right after that one he was back to total normal good health. There are a few very sick people in the group on and off and one particular woman got extremely sick and it was interesting to see his grace through the whole thing how she was almost totally non-functioning and uh unconscious <laughs> and then two days before she was actually the day before her interview she recovered totally and she was ready for the trip on the way home it's just another miracle which is so hard to believe when you're there or when you're here but they're happening all the time we are the fortunate ones to get this great opportunity and i still can't believe it when I'm able to go that I'm there and I'm able to go his earthly home is so incredibly beautiful that it's a wonder that we get that opportunity at all and he's so wonderful he keeps giving us this opportunity and I could just try to describe in words which is ridiculous 
because I'm not a word person, and there's no words to describe this grayness. It's just unbelievable. It's a timeless place. There's no time there. It just is gorgeous, and all of a sudden, it's time to go, and it's over. It's, like, unbelievable. It was a very healing trip for me. I must have been really been out of shape before I went there because from the beginning of the trip to the coming home, it was just soothing to my nervous system totally. And he uh, managed to put the people around me that would do the best job of doing that healing. The reason I decided to talk was because I was watching one of the video satsangs from Group 5 and it was getting very clear to me that he wants us to share some of the things that do happen to us. And if we just inspire one person to do a little bit more or want to make the trip to his feet or something hits them in their heartstring, that that's worth getting up here. It is my opinion, and mine, everything I say is my opinion because it's from where I'm sitting. Um, I'm not very good at remembering specific words that the Master says unless I write them right down. And this trip, I just didn't write anything. I was just um, hanging out. <laughs> but I really feel he expects us to help him with his enormous mission. It's an enormous mission. And we all know it intellectually, but to really know it, I guess, in our hearts is another story. He has his own mission, and he has Master Kapoor's mission, and now he's so deeply involved with the with Baba Somanatji's mission in southern India. It's incredible. It's mind-boggling that he even physically can <laughs> do what he's doing. But I was expressing this to uh, Graham the other day, and it just I just want to share this with you. I just feel that he has created such a, a multimedia um, to spread his mission around. He's created the, the best interpreters, he's created the best writers, the best publisher, he has the best audio technicians and equipment, the best video equipment, best photographers, and the best portrait artists. I mean, that's amazing. <laughs> he's, he's doing such an incredible job, and I think he wants us to use these vehicles to help him with this mission. Um, I'll just uh, share a little experience about how he really knows our every desire. On the way to his home, on the bus ride, there were many people that were new and many people that had never seen Salwan's residence in Sirsa. And it was kind of like a desire to see it. And we had already passed it, and we'd gotten to the restaurant, and a couple of people had asked to um, have it pointed out on the trip. And unfortunately, we'd already passed it, so that was a mute point. <laughs> So on the way back, uh, it was interesting that when we got to the restaurant, a lot of people, we ate right away and, and we had to leave right away. And it was a desire of a lot of us, practically all of us, to want to take a nice walk after the big heavy lunch in the restaurant and just to be out in the fresh air before we got back into the bus, as well as the desire to see the Sawan residence in Searsar and to be pointed out. So as the bus took off from the restaurant and about 10 kilometers outside of the restaurant, from the restaurant, um, there was a lot of construction, and the bus slowed down. Everybody's trying to look out the windows to see the residents of Sawans in Sirsa. 
And then one of the buses just stops, and the other bus keeps going, and all of a sudden realized that the other bus had stopped, and stops also. And what had happened was uh, the bus that was behind the first bus had gotten a flat tire, and the tire flat happened right on the road. Uh, there's a road, the main road, and then there's a side road that goes down right near the gate to the residence of this solemn place in Sirsa. So we were stuck there for 20 minutes, and everyone got out of the bus and took their walk and, you know, just had a delightful time at the gates where they all desired to be, and there they were. I mean, every detail is, is taken care of, even down to a wish to see a place on a road. It's just unbelievable. Uh, I had done the video Seva, and it was quite a job this time because quite a few reasons. Russell was in the group, so Sanchi did um, try to get a lot of a series of discourses in while he was there. And it was probably very fortunate I was there because someone else doing it may not felt too happy about it, but there was a satsang every night, and there's usually only about six shootings to do. And so that happened, which was very nice, but then halfway through it, Papu's video camera wouldn't record. So he had requested me to do the monthly satsang, which is very important to his group, to have that recorded. And I said, no problem. I thought to myself, it's a big problem, this is my night off, but what could you do? All right, I'll do it. It's Seva. And the night before the last evening that was to be a satsang, Sanchi said, tomorrow night we'll have a bhajan session. So my heart went, thanks. I mean, you know, that was my desire, just to have one time where I didn't have to do it. I mean, I love to do it. It's just that it is work, and it's wonderful work. But it was just a little desire I had had to just hang out in the back one night and just get his glimpses from across the room. It was real sweet. He also has an amazing way of putting together the dear souls who are another vehicle for his love and teachings. Uh, I was with two very beautiful sisters in our room who were sharing experiences about um, what Master Kapoor had said about loving thoughts and how they can change people. Uh, it's been my experience, there's no way to change other people, we can only change ourselves. Uh, and I must confess that I have a real problem with this one. Uh, sending out the positive loving thoughts when I'm really stressed out is really difficult, especially when I'm, uh, especially the members of my family. But when these two women were talking about it, my mind immediately said, yeah, it's easier said than done, you know. And then, as soon as they said, well, I thought that too, but, you know, and I said, yeah, but the Master's words are the truth, and anything he says either is the truth now or will become the truth in a very short time. And that was a real lesson for me, because I need to be reminded of that constantly, that positive thoughts are what changes the world, and... Sometimes we got to put them out first, and that's a hard one for me as well. I'd like to um, just, I'm paraphrasing this, it was the, um, the bus goodbye that Sanchi had said to us, and I guess I wasn't expecting him to say this, and this is the, my impression of what he did say. Usually he says, you know, your Buzzman Simran and you know, hopefully you take with you what you got here. But he had said that he had hoped that any inspiration we had gotten here 
that we would keep and use. And that was so sweet to me. It was just incredible. I also like to just take this opportunity to apologize to anyone who I may have offended or have gotten in their way at all with, due to my enthusiasm of recording this wonderful God. And I hope you please accept this. Thanks. This will be very brief, and uh, it's the first thing I wrote on the first Sunday when we were at his ashram. Warm, dry, fly-filled day. The work goes on and on and on to make up for all the not-done work of last year. We come here every year, and yet we seem to return less than when we left one year ago. If this keeps up, we will be less than we were when we started this path. My big cross is lust, and even as I sit here in the quiet birdsong langar, I think of lust. What am I here for? Part of me that lusts never wants to come here. The part of me that fears death always drags me back, not for love. For if I loved him, I would do the work, the devotion, the meditation. And every year, for eight times now, I find myself back in India, back at his feet. Why? He never chastises. He just looks at me in love all the time. The morning meditation, the langar, the satsang. He takes away all the garbage. Slowly, I can feel it dissipate and leave my soul unburdened. And yet, I lust. I already know the answer, but knowing the answer and living the answer are two very far and distant things. I'm in a trap, a catch-22, but I refuse to sink and drown. I come up for air every year, enough to keep me alive and afloat for one more year. Thank you. Really nice to be alive again. <laughs> I think <sighs> it's kind of hard to know where to begin, where one trip ends, and where another one where another one starts. And I. Uh, the notes I took this time weren't uh, were kind of sloppy, but um, but I guess they, as they all do, they probably they probably start long before you uh, get on the um, get on the plane, get on the bus, get your passport, all that. 
uh, mundane paraphernalia that needs to be done. And um, one thing that probably got to me over the year and being my um, self, things lots of times take a long time to uh, sink in, but I always remember how um, Russell would very eloquently talk about the two pockets of the Jewish rabbi and how he'd say, um, one is that you're dust and one is that you're gold. Of course, it's not paraphrased the exact way, but basically, um, that's the way I, I hear it. And, um, and how it's really important for us to, um, to discriminate and to, uh, to use um, those attitudes at the appropriate time. And um, part of the meaning of the trip came to me the day before when I was at the mall. <laughs> and uh, picking up some last-minute things. And this lady was talking to me and saying how, uh, gee, you better go over, you better be careful, you know, things are bad. And I said, yeah. I said, but if you, um, if we make it, we have a, um, a great sense of heritage. And uh, even though we were talking about a, a, a different subject, it comes back to this, the spiritual subject, where our heritage is. And it's places that are unfathomable that we don't know about. And um, it's not mine, it's not my, it's not the world. When we, um, the, the trip itself was um, incredibly smooth. Um, when we got to the ashram, Sanchi was waiting for us in the courtyard, and he said that he appreciated everybody coming and leaving their world blue work behind. And, um, and he also stressed the importance of meditating, especially between three and six. And, um, one thing that impressed me especially is he said that we couldn't possibly appreciate what Master does. Um. Uh, trip was very uh, up and down for me. Um, On the same note that, that Bob was saying, we take a step forward, two steps back, tips, and, and so forth. And um, going over um, from Paris to Delhi, there wasn't any sleep on the plane at all, so I, I read this um, book that a dear brother had given me, and um, I was fairly inspired by it, and realized um, Again, how foolish people be, uh, get during the year, thinking 
in terms of I can't, rather than realizing that when we're initiated, um, we have the uh, opportunity to go home, to make it the last one. And I was also reminded of something that I had heard years and years ago about um, how even though the mind has to do his job and, and do the battle, he actually has lost. The, the, the satsangs every night were um, talks about the Gormak and, and Manmots. And um, he gave a lot of um, good analogies. Um, he talks about the frogs and the lotus living together, and the frogs don't appreciate the lotus as do the honeybees. And he compares the honeybees with the gourmucks and the frogs with the marmucks. Um, he, he spoke about being in satsang, we obtain patience, humility, and chastity. And he said the dirty people who come into the satsang have a condition like the conch or the stone that doesn't absorb anything. Both gourmucks and marmucks go through their karma, but one does it happily and the other complaining. Um, swans have the capability of discrimination. Crows symbolize the monmucks. Monmucks remain unabsorbed and are happy with worldly pleasures. A crow jumps from one foot to the other and snatches food from, from the kids. Even after being with the swans, the cranes or crows still prefer dirt. Manmucks can't help. It can't keep the mind still. And um, Masters are perfect, doctors know the disease and the medicine, and if people don't take the medicine and abstain, how is it Master's fault? If we really love Master, we'll obey him. He also says, from indulging in pleasures, a person gets greed, and if the greed isn't satisfied, he gets disease. He made the analogy of um, a, sesame seed, a sesame seed plant to another plant that looked just like a, um, a sesame seed plant, but, um, but didn't have any um, fruit.
we got a, an extra special treat while we were there. Um, after he'd come out on the roof in the evening, he would um, go over and do the Indian satsang, which usually lasted about half hour, 45 minutes, maybe a little more. And then um, a bunch of us would stay in, in um, the courtyard and wait for him to come back. And he'd come back and we'd get an extra darshan, and it was really, really special. And then one night, um, this woman from Calgary, Nina, had um, also gone to um, um, Indian satsang. And um, she gave a, a, a loose translation of what it was all about. And she had said that um, there was this fellow who was um, interested in Satmak, but he wasn't quite ready and he kept on making one excuse or another. And um, what he said, he really wanted to um, have his daughter get married because his sons he wasn't particularly worried about, but he wanted to get, get her married so that he could, then he'd be able to concentrate on it. So um, Sanji literally went and tapped on this man's door. And um, um, then the guy was trying to make excuses again. He said, and he shows Sanji his hand. He says, is, is it in my face? <laughs> And Sanchi says, yeah, it is. <laughs> anyway, so it's making excuses probably isn't something uh, unique to the Western mind. <laughs> For me, it almost seemed as though it were two different trips. Uh, when it, uh, in the beginning, portion when he was doing the satsangs, making the comparisons, it was kind of um, apparent where a person stood. And then I guess it was a Wednesday evening, um, even before he started doing the satsang, he had um, gone and said something to the effect like, um, you shouldn't be using this weak thinking, you shouldn't think that you're monmuks. Um, he said, you're all gurmuks in training. <laughs> and after that, uh, the, uh, for me, the, um, the trip just took on a, a different um, uh, aspect altogether. It was <laughs> a lot lighter. <laughs> Um. 
at the uh, at the monthly Sunday satsang, people had, were commenting afterward how he didn't seem as um, as forceful as he ordinarily um, is with the uh, with the Indian people. He was more uh, I don't know if you'd say laid back, but uh, more easygoing anyway. And um, again, someone had translated afterward that it was a, an ABC type of satsang and. Uh, a lot of people also said, gee, I don't know what he was saying, but he could have done more of it. It was great. He talked about um, um, about there being no such thing as an old bhajan or a new one. That um, the enthusiasm, the initial enthusiasm that um, we have, should remain. And uh, some lady that was um, there in a personal interview asked asked for uh, the blessing of um, being able to sing the bhajans each time she looked at them, and. Um, uh, he laughed and he says, it doesn't matter. He says, you could sing it to the tune of Mary Had a Little Lamb, and as long as it's done with love, it's it's fine. In the... Um, I was saying before I had gone over that... Uh, uh, I wish I had the guts that David Wiggins had and asked him about, you know, is he pleased or is he not pleased? <laughs> and it didn't quite, um, I didn't quite do it. I got somewhere along that train, but not exactly. And um, in the personal interview, he just, um, he answered a few questions. And as Papu was translating, he just kind of laughed through a lot of it. So <laughs> I didn't get the... Just, it was a really nice um, thing to, to have a feeling that um, that things were going as they should. Um, uh, it took me a long time to get my questions together. <laughs> I always kind of envy the people that um, either go there with no questions or just just have one or two. And uh, Russell said, well, whatever you feel compelled to say, go ahead and say. And um, one thing I, um, but man has forgotten it. That is all. Under the present circumstances, it is most necessary that everyone should sit together in love and share all weal and woe. If all are bound together in love, even in the worst conditions, there will be no fear. Strive, strive to give happiness to others, and you yourself will receive joy. <laughs> when we selfishly want only our own happiness and care little for others, naturally it ends in fighting, for in one way or another, and the result is the very opposite of happiness. Love knows service and sacrifice. 
If you desire to love God, then start by loving all, for he is in everyone, and in true love there is service and sacrifice. Learn to give instead of taking all. compelled to thank him for keeping Liza alive and um, he said his sympathy was um, was with the family and that it was with the grace of Kirpal that it all happened and that everyone should do similar In the uh, talk that he gave before the underground room, he made an analogy of the uh, the ant and the elephant. That the uh, the mind can be like a strong elephant, and the soul a tiny ant. But with the help of the Sadhguru, the situation can be reversed, and the mind can become the ant, and the soul the strong elephant. He also said that the master can make fools into clever people. Um, This time, um, I, in comparison to other trips, it was it was more difficult to um, to leave. And um, I was talking to um, the woman sitting next to me, and um, when we had gotten more miles away from the ashram. It was funny, she was, she was complaining that she was feeling shallow because she didn't feel so bad about, about leaving. And I said, hey, that's an all right place to be. I said, um, you know, I, I think it's probably, may even be a better place, I don't know. Um, other times I felt like I, I've gone and I've absorbed 
everything he could give and he's given everything he can give and everything was just fine whereas this time before he left on our bus anyway he said um that longing for darshan was um worth a hundred years of meditation and uh it's just such a an astounding thing you don't know when you have the up when you'll have the opportunity again and it was um it was difficult and i was i was um you know relating to her that that kind of a thing and i says geez i was just dragging on myself for being an ingrate here i had him for 10 days and <laughs> i was thinking that um you know this is not a good place where <laughs> we both came to the conclusion that <laughs> master is a wonderful thing to see and the mind is a wonderful thing to waste <laughs> Thank you. Now, to start with, I'd just like to thank Master both for the opportunity to say a few words in his remembrance here and for bringing so many of us to his feet for such a blessed time. My first impression of Sancho this time was um, very strong, very vivid. And, uh, of course, that's all his grace uh, as well. And I was able to leave some more of my mind behind on the way uh, from the bus into the courtyard where he's sitting waiting for us. And the other bus had arrived first, and we were singing bhajans when we arrived. And we were able to sort of slip in and and just see him there and appearing as an emperor on his throne. I've uh, heard that image before, but it never seemed quite so clear as that time. It seemed as if every molecule in the air was around him, just charged with that, that power and, and the blessing. But, uh, he was showering on all of us. and. Uh, I think Mary had mentioned earlier that he, his health looked good, and he did indeed look uh, looked very strong the whole time we were there. Uh, I did notice, though, and this was not till towards the end, when he was walking up the other set of stairs to his room, um, after the blessing of Langar on Sunday and uh, one of the Bajan sessions with the Indians, that he took each step of the stairs one at a time, very slowly, and just seemed to be carrying a, you know, a very heavy burden, which uh, indeed he is. And it just reminded me of how much he uh, does for us, uh, how much he takes on most of the time. I'm hardly aware of. Um, this time, I when I went, I wrote down some goals for while I was there. And that was after one of the, my earlier trips when he uh, mentioned to us that he hoped that our goals would be fulfilled. And I said, well, I'm going to fulfill them. I guess I better have them first. So I uh, 
wrote them down and, and uh, tried to keep them in mind. And the first two were to uh, improve my simran and to keep my mind still in meditation. And the third was to receive the love of the Master. And I worked on the first two, and the Master gave me the third. And the, I guess, the contrast between the, you know, the work that we are called to do and indeed need to do all the time, and what the Master actually uh, gives to us, you know, of His own grace, is, uh, is really clear and reminded, uh, reminded me of the, the comment that. Uh, we've heard many times that in the Kali Yuga it's very difficult to meditate on the Nam is very easy to go in the company of the Master and it's a tremendous blessing uh, when we can do that but along with that grace that he does shower on us and the love that he has to give we do need to do our part and the one thing I guess um, really um, it seemed clear to me this time that in addition to the work of the meditation and the Simran, um, the other, one of the things that we need to do is to uh, to be honest with them, to be as completely honest as possible, um, both as to you know, relating our condition and confessing our sins, the ways we've fallen short. And it was, a, it got to me, a very beautiful uh, experience to have gone two years ago and um, confessed to him that I felt more receptive uh, to the Master and his love when I was not, not in his physical presence. Um, it was a hard thing to do uh, for me, and I hadn't, you know, hadn't just hadn't done it for, uh, for a while before I actually did during my last trip. And uh, the Master replied to it, and he said, well, if you really love the Master, you, you, you're always happy to see him and you're sorry when he leaves. But, and I knew that, I guess we all know we've all heard it, but it's in the telling him and removing that, uh, the last uh, barrier, the veil the mind can throw in there that he doesn't know or he's not thinking about that. When you're there, there's no place to hide that he can then remove that block and in fact, that's what he did. And this time, I was happy to see him right from the beginning, right to the end. Um, and he, either he said, or I read somewhere after that uh, my interview uh, with him, that the Master is an ocean of forgiveness, and he is always ready to uh, to forgive us. But the question is, how much are we ready to be forgiven? And it would seem. Uh, only natural that we want to uh, to be forgiven to let go of those burdens, but in fact, it seems to happen is that the small or small selves, the, uh, my small self, the ego, clings to those things that it does uh, that put blocks between us and God and, and the Master uh, as identifying. You know, itself, it's something we sort of cling to as, you know, as us, and you know, we need to, to let go of that. And since you said that every day we have the opportunity to do that, to confess to Him and to be forgiven in doing the diary. And again, it was just a, I guess, 
a point of emphasis there, but it seemed to me like a truly tremendous opportunity to really be free of those burdens and the feelings that we all have along the way uh, every day. And he also said that the master power is within us and that we don't have to be physically in front of him to, to confess and to have that forgiveness. And that was a tremendous help to me. Uh, and I think it will be in, you know, in the months and years ahead. One thing I discovered in my experience has been anyway that there are certain times when we do need to you know, go to him physically and, and, and confess in his presence. And then, and then there is no place for the mind to hide. And as soon as we do that, and again, I was able to do that with some mistakes I had made on the way over last time, but felt too embarrassed to uh, bring to him in my interview then, and I finally did this time. And as soon as I said it, uh, you know, the burden was gone. So whenever that's possible for any of us to do that, it's, it's always a tremendous blessing. Um, that was the, I guess, the comment sort of woven around my interview with Sanchi. Um, this, and that was the first of what I call my, the turning point or the focal point of the trip for me. The second was the afternoon, um, was the afternoon meditation talk that Sanchi gave that Ro had mentioned a little bit earlier. And I thought I'd just read a little bit from some notes that I made at the time, since that seemed to be a, a really an extraordinary event, and it still does. Following the afternoon meditation, Sanchi spoke to us in a very personal way, which struck the hearts of many of us, uh, quite possibly all of us. He began by expressing his concern for those who hadn't taken any lunch today, saying that after seeing so many dear ones not eating, he did not feel as if he could eat lunch himself. And it just, that alone just brought home his, his awareness and his concern for each of us in the most minute, uh, seemingly small ways. Um, there were a lot of, there was a lot of sickness among the dear ones there. And just to hear him express that concern was, was overwhelming to me. And also to see the, the grace he showered on all of the um, the people that were sick going into their rooms before satsang and um, taking care of them. And he then advised all of us to take good care of our health um, while we were there and gave a number of specific things to do, including getting our regular amount of sleep. Uh, he said we could, he could see the effect of the lack of sleep on the faces of some of us there and told us that we should follow the schedule and not get up in the middle of the night to meditate. Uh, he then said that the schedule had been made after giving so much thought uh, to all the factors involved, but that if we were used to getting more sleep and the schedule allowed, then we should definitely get more sleep. Um, and I think that was a very personal comment there, and that different people and different groups do differ, but he never asks us to do any more than we can do, but he always wants us to do our best. I think that seemed to me what he was uh, telling us right there. And then he commented that many uh, many of us had gone to Papu to express their feelings of uh, this depression and despair uh, would be the shortest way to put them over the uh, 
the series of satsangs that he had given, feeling that there was no hope for them, and that they, they identified with all the qualities of the man looks that he had been listing in uh, rather extraordinary detail. Uh, and he had been commenting on the body of uh, uh, Das from the Guru Granth Sahib, and those fir- first four talks had been and felt extremely heavy. Uh, and you know, the stark contrast between one who loves and serves the masters and those who uh, who don't. Uh, and you, know, you could sort of make a case for all of us falling into the, you know, the category of man books. But he said that that it was not his intention at all. And I think as Ro had, had already mentioned that uh, we're not all man books. We're, in fact... All in training to be guru monks, and that had a had just had a tremendous uh, impact on me. Uh, thinking on that later, that truth is implicit in you know in our very time of meditation of uh, initiation. Uh, but it's quite a different thing to feel that way as you're struggling along the uh, the path and. Those words that uh, he said, which were so personal, uh, just seemed to lift us all up. And I can verify that uh, Ro was much lighter as I, we were walking over the satsang after that. After the sitting, she was uh, skipping the whole way over. <laughs> um, and, and I guess it might be probably to mention that he, that talk brought tears to the eyes of many of us and seemed to give everyone a, just a tremendous sense of hope that you know, he has called us for some great work to do. Uh, but it's hard to to uh, even imagine sometimes what that is, and not to mention to see clearly, but that he does not make any mistake. He has not picked any of us in error, and that we all are disciples in training and that he has uh, a great plan for all of us, whatever that may be, in, in, in its manifestation. And then the third point in for, for me was a, a great blessing um, occurred on the last walk that uh, Linda and I took outside the garden walking along the wall that, that uh, separates his ashram from the rest of uh, uh, the rest of the, the planet, really. And we stopped to talk with one of the dear ones who was sitting up by the wall. And as I, we had stopped, I looked back at the ashram. And this was on Sunday after the, the monthly satsang. And the time was coming to a close. Uh, there and it would soon be time to get on that bus and leave. And as I looked back, the ashram suddenly appeared to me to be floating. It was floating not in space but in time. And I realized, in fact, that his ashram, his home, is in fact an island in the sea of time, perhaps the only place on the planet where time which is Carl cannot reach. And we all bring our little versions of time within us 
the master deals with those, but they have no effect on him or on the sanctity of that place. And I was very grateful and thankful to to feel that and to see that and to realize that whatever the difficulties when we come back and whatever work we have to do and karmas we have to pay that in the most real sense that he has already lifted us up and he has taken us to that place with him Uh, just two last thoughts Um, or one is really just a sharing of a Sanchi's answer to a question that Linda asked at our interview. Uh, the question was about Kal, and the uh, substance of it was that she Linda couldn't understand why, after doing so much devotion for so many years, um, which one would think would um, give you high and pure thoughts and love for God, why? Paul asked for and received a world and created so much suffering for so many souls. And uh, I'll just read the, the notes that I took. Um, these are not verbatim since um, part of our interview this time was to uh, be uh, looking over our questions when the time came to, to go up to his room and being in a, and having to dash up the stairs. And in the process, I forgot to bring our camera and then I forgot to bring the tape. And she was trying to tell me that on the way up. And I said, well, we just, we just have to go. So uh, we, we did uh, arrive. Uh, and I think that was a blessing in sort of in disguise. Because uh, on one hand, I would have liked to have had the tape of that. But on the other hand, I realized that there was, I had to get everything while I was there. There wasn't any you know, postponing the, the uh, realizations until later. And... Uh, Anyway, it was a tremendous interview. We just uh, Linda asked some questions which were quite long answers, so I got a lot of darshan. <laughs> and I was very happy about that. Uh, anyway, the question that she asked and it was about Carl, or one of them, and his answer was that when you go in within in the company of your master, then you will meet Carl and Mahakal. And then you can ask uh, him why he chose the things he did and gave so many problems to the people. But then he said, I will tell you this, in the meantime. Um, <laughs> I could say that, but that was the implication. Um, when he says, when you do the devotion, you can ask for anything you want. And at that time, you don't know the effect of what you are asking for. And that was a, just a different slant on that, that question. Uh, or a different answer than I had heard, it seemed to make a lot of sense to me and, and seemed to really you know, answer that concern or that frustration that uh, so many of us feel. Kyle didn't really know what he was doing and uh, got, in, got in over his head. The image I had was of a precocious child who you know, was asked to you know, run the train and his father basically agreed to let him do it and then things sort of careening out of control. Um, and in mentioning it to Russell uh, later on, he uh, he said yes, it's always very dangerous to try to put uh, to quantify your meditation and say, well, I did this much, and so this should happen, and that is apparently what happened there with with Carl. Anyway, that uh, seemed to seemed to help uh, uh, to help with that that particular thought. Um, 
And the last thing I wanted to mention was the sense that I had of the of all the dear ones there, the satsangas as a family. And again, that's the truth that we've heard, but this is the first time I think I had felt that, or anyway, the first time that I felt it that strongly, that we were there as brothers and sisters on a common, common path. And the other side of that coin is that as brothers and sisters, uh, you know, in the worldly, physical sense, we have a lot of karmas, together and uh, have a lot of difficulty sometimes, seemingly more so than with the rest of the people in the world. And that can sometimes keep us apart or drive us apart. But I think when uh, we realize that and and you know, try to work with each other, being honest with each other about things you know that need to be said, but uh, realizing we are there as you know as a family that He's very pleased, and he showers a lot of grace, and all those problems that may be small or may seem big uh, get taken care of along the way. And that was a very sweet thing to see and to be part of. And that uh, experience extended this time to the uh, uh, the Indian Sangat as well, which I had never felt before since Sanchi does keep us separate, I think, for probably very good reasons while we're at the ashram. But after we had returned to the hotel in uh, Delhi, uh, we had the day of rest before we got back on the plane, and uh, this time we uh, went over to Mr. Oberoi's house for uh, a bhajan singing session along with meditation, and it was just very sweet to spend that time with the with many of the Indian dear ones, and afterwards Mr. Oberoi uh, uh, told some stories about uh, uh, coming to Sanchi, and uh, uh, in the middle of one of his stories, an old gentleman um, who was initiated by Sawan uh, was over, overwhelmed and overcome by his own um, recent realization of Sanchi's position and, and his qualities as a saint and just had to share some of that with us and uh, it was just a tremendous um, blessing to have all of us there and to have to have the love for the master expressed both in song and words and uh, so I hope we can all take this with us for the rest of the year next thank you all there are more people who went. There are actually quite a few more, but um, they're not talking, I guess. So thanks, all of you, for sharing that. <clears throat> Before we have our final bhajan in the Prashad, I did want to um, say one thing. When I mentioned about the initiations, um, I was talking about the full initiations, those which happen four times a year. And that process really begins with a correspondence, I guess, if you're out in different parts of the country, begins with talking with your group leader and then getting in touch with the nearest representative, who is Russell here in the East. Um, But I should mention that sound initiation um, for children is a a different process, and that, for anyone uh, local at least, or semi-local, that begins with 
uh, if your child is between the ages of, say, six up to about 11 or 12, um, and they have an interest in being initiated into the sound current, then that starts with a letter to Sanchi. Um, and once Sanchi has given his approval, and he sometimes recommends waiting for a year or sometimes allows people to take the full initiation, but if it's an approval for sound initiation, then um, those take place here on a much more frequent basis. And for that, you should get in touch with the ashram or with me directly. Um, And also, when uh, when Roe was talking about the um, woman who went up to the evening satang, which Sanchi gives for the Sevadars every evening in a different part of the ashram from where we stay, I was reminded somehow, she, the, she mentioned the story of the man who was avoiding um, initiation, wanted to know if it was written in his hand, and somehow I was reminded of a long story that Mr. Oberoi told me when I was there which I don't remember much except the punchline to sort of the final thing, but it, it, the gist was that there was a very sort of important, very knowledgeable son-in-law kind of a person of someone who was also very important and had come to Sanchi quite recently, and they wanted to bring this son-in-law, who I think was like a scholar in the Sikh scriptures and stuff like that. They wanted to bring him to meet Sanchi, and it, there was, I got the feeling there was a lot of nervousness um, in terms of this, what would happen in this meeting. And when, when they got together, Sanchi surprised people by acting in a somewhat familiar way with this person at the first meeting, and and then especially surprised him by saying, "Haven't you written me some letters?" And it, it turned out that the man had written several unsigned, um, no return address letters to Sanchi, and the, the fellow was astounded. And that was the beginning of a very deep relationship which developed. Our final bhajan, which we will have while the parshad is being passed out, is on page 123. The world is false. Life is destitute. Come, Kirpalji, we wait for you, we wait for you. Oh, my giver, we are the sinners. Do not look through our papers. The boat is adrift. Take it across. Come, beloved, listen to the request, listen to the request. True is your love. We have only your support. We are the dirty ones. Clean us, clean us. The soul has to do your darshan but she is embarrassed. O oh, giver, you forgive. You are the forgiver. You are the forgiver. This is the call of a jab. The heartstring is resounding. The world is false. Life is destitute. Come, Kirpalji, we wait for you. We wait for you. Indagila charhe, aukir apology, teri intazarhe, teri intazarhe, juta sansarhe, indagila charhe, aukir 
Life is destitute. Come, Kirpalji, we wait for you. We wait for you. Amen. <laughs> 